Hi friends, welcome to the Recover Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Bridget Blood. Together, we are building a community of men and women who are learning what it means to grieve well, rest well, and love well, to live the life we dream of. No one is left out of this grand adventure. Now is the time to recover your life. Hi friends, welcome to this week's episode of Recover Your Life. Today we're doing something really fun. I'm going to be in the hot seat today and my friend Julie, who made a wonderful cameo on Eddie Koffelt's episode. So Eddie, if you're listening, this is Julie. (laughs) Um, And so what we're going to do today is we're kind of just celebrating um, a year-ish in Nashville. We're celebrating kind of where the podcast has been. I wanted to be able to engage with some of you guys. Thank you for those of you that sent in questions. And we're just going to take a little bit slower pace today to kind of do a little bit behind the scenes. I'm really nosy like that. Those are always my favorite, the like how it's made videos or like just the story of how something was created. Even like music videos, I really love um, the song story. So that's kind of what we're doing today is we're doing the Recover Your Life story hosted by the one and only Julie Kreitz. Welcome. Awesome. Okay, so I think I'm going to take it over now because I get to be the one interviewing you. So some of the questions are going to be fun. Some of them are going to be this or that. Okay. Also, for those of you listening and for those of you watching, those of you watching, you might get some of the shocked face expressions because Bridget really does not know the majority of these questions. She has seen some of them, but also I have tried to just kind of like taken over some of the like question boxes and things like that so that she doesn't have a lot of prep. Mm-hmm. If you know anything about Bridget, you know that she really loves to be prepared. So it's kind of fun to catch her off guard. So hopefully we get a few of those moments. So, which also reminds me before we dig in, we should remind people that if they're just listening to audio, but they want the video version of the podcast, check us out on YouTube, Bridget Blood Recovery Life. That'll be a way that you can connect. I like video. You like audio, right? I love audio. I'm audio only for all my podcasts. So whatever your preference is, we've got both, but I'm excited. Yeah. I don't know. I know a couple of the questions, but most of them I don't know. Yeah. So we'll start off with a few deep dive questions because that's another thing about Bridget. She really loves to go deep. If you've listened to this podcast, you know that, right? That That mm-hmm. is her heart's desire. She loves to go deep. So we're going to start there, but then we'll kind of transition into some fun and flip for, like flip-flop back and forth. So my first question and thought that I kind of want to explore is, like Bridget mentioned, she's been in Nashville for just about a year now or a little mm-hmm. over a year. And what has been, this is two parts, the most challenging but Also, the most rewarding thing about moving to a new city, for those of you that don't know, Bridget moved to Nashville. She has no family there. And when she went, she had some connection, but definitely not deep friendships or anything like that. So what's been the most challenging, but also the most rewarding thing about that experience? Yeah, it's so good. Um, Well, first of all, um, we are, I mean, our friendship goes way back. So I got to spend a lot of time with you in my Ohio season. And so I think like the hardest thing for me was mealtime, like as a single person going from having a lot of family connection and having meals be a really community connection-based experience to now I'm just kind of like, eh, I have to eat to stay alive (laughs) because it's important. I would say that's probably where I've experienced the most loneliness, which was not something that I was expecting. Like I was expecting it to be like in friendship or in which there has been loneliness and those types of things are in the business building, but like the practical experience of where I feel probably 
some of the most painful tension in every day is meal planning, because that's also something that I really enjoy doing, but it's just not as fun when there's not somebody to share it with. So I feel like I've had to try to like find connecting experiences to share meals, to cook for people so that it is a life-giving experience and not a lonely experience. Yeah, I hear that. I That's actually surprising to me. I didn't think that's where you were going to go, but I definitely see that for sure. Most rewarding part of being in a new city and mm-hmm. going somewhere where really no one knows you, what's been rewarding about that? Um, I think being able to, for our listeners, they know that like connection codes is a huge part of my life and just how grateful I am that Dr. Glenn and Phyllis have um, created awesome content to help us be people to really process our emotions and to have relationships that are really rewarding. And so in that, that is a gift that I've been able to start all of my new friendships from like a high level of emotional awareness and connection, which has, I guess maybe that's kind of both again too, because there has been pain in that of not everybody necessarily wants to match there, but the friendships that I have made feel so secure because I got so vulnerable and so transparent so quickly um, that I think in other seasons, I was still trying to figure out like, what am I allowed? Like, what am I allowed to do in friendship Um, that I've just shown up differently. So that's been a really rewarding that like my friendships have gone really deep fast in a good way and in an appropriate way, not like an oversharing yucky way. Right. Yeah. Just showing up as your most authentic self, you know, as you were chatting, like I remember when I graduated high school and I went off to college and I remember being at freshman college orientation and they said, Mm -hmm. this is your one and only official do over um, in life and kind of sharing life with you over this last year and kind of listening to you reflect on that. That's not actually true because for those people that decide to, maybe you live where you were born and raised, that's my story, but maybe like Bridget, you've kind of up and moved a few times. And so Mm -hmm. this actually has been rewarding and creating a new experience for you that you can say, Hey, I've learned a lot of these connection code tools. Mm -hmm. And now as I set up here in a new city, in a new town, I'm going to put them into action as I'm building new friendships for the first time. So Yeah. yeah, I can see that as being rewarding because probably there are more points in your life where you get to kind of do a do over um, more so than just like college or whatever. So yeah, that's really cool. Um, I love that part. What have you learned about yourself in this last year? That's been kind of surprising. Hmm. Um, I like adventure a lot more than I thought I did. Okay. Um, And I definitely feel like I'm on this shift, which has been very surprising to me that I, I mean, I've always described myself as an introvert, like hardcore introvert, where I like my batteries to recharge by myself. I like slow. I like rest. Um, And I would say up until this point, fun has been fine. Like I, I wouldn't necessarily say that fun has been a core value or that adventure has been a core value, but um the flip side of being able to have connection that's felt really safe and friendships that have felt, um, I guess I have fear of saying like, oh, friendships in the past didn't feel that way because that's not true. Um, but it just, it was something that began the friendship, not something that blossomed mm-hmm. in the friendship, I guess is something that's kind of changed in the season. Um, well, I don't remember your question. I got so excited. 
Oh, what oh. has been something that you've learned about yourself? Yeah. So I like fun and I like adventure a lot more than I thought I did. Um, and I've been able to do a lot of fun, cool things and like line dancing and uh, vineyards and sparkly cowgirl boots and just fun little, there's lots of little towns around here, which have been cool. So just going to little festivals and like homemade lemonade and like things like that, that are just like simple. They're not like huge, big things or concerts like those have been fun. Um, that, that was really surprising to me that I didn't know that I liked that as much as I have found in this season. Yeah. And perhaps like there are just, you know, when you live in a small town, there's just not as many opportunities as there are in a larger city. So Mm -hmm. that's great that you have found adventure and fun. And just those have been rewarding. Um, I know one of the listeners sent in this question. So you get to decide if you want to make it about within this last year, or if you want Mm -hmm. to just say in general in life. So the question is, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? The bravest? Yes. You've said Again, you can keep that within this last year time frame or in life yeah. in general. That's good. Um, bravest thing. Well, when you were asking, I kind of think it it is tied together for me. I think about like I would have never thought of myself as someone who would have moved in my adult life as much as I have um, mm. or explored yeah. as much as I have. Like that um, – if you would have had high school, Bridget, like you wouldn't have really said that. But in high school, something that really changed for me was I did three like serving trips in Nicaragua. My mm-hmm. junior, I think I did two my junior year and one my senior year or something like that. Like it was like a year and a half. I had gone three times. And the first time I went, I was so sick, like so, yeah. so, so, so sick. And the doctor was like, hey, like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Like, you're not sick enough where I'm going to say, like, you're not allowed to go. But also, I like, my doctor opinion is I really do not suggest you going to a foreign country in the state that your body's in. And I'm kind of like, okay, well, whatever. And I just remember I was so sick on the, on the airplane that I, like, had this, like, I took ice. I think maybe, maybe I took ice from the like the ice that they give you and the thing. And I like my, had it all over my neck and just like had a washcloth on my neck. And I was like drenched and I got to the like bathroom on the other side of it. And this one had given me like ginger chews, which I'm still scarred to this day. I cannot eat yeah. like ginger ale is fine, but like real raw ginger. Oh my gosh. That's so bad. So, so bad. And I'm like, there is the- no sick, like airplane sick. There's no sick, like experiencing that level of sickness when you're however many feet up in the air and you're mm-hmm. just, you're trapped. There's no sickness like that. Oh my yeah. Gosh, it was so. so bad. And I just, it took days. Like I just remember. <sighs> yeah. But I was really grateful. I had some friends that went with me that had some medical experience. Oh and so that kind of felt comforting to me. It was like, okay, at least there's a couple people that kind of know what to do. Um, but it was like, I'm doing this no matter the cost. Like I'm, I'm doing this. I feel there's a lot of identity in it for me. There was just a lot of um, new, but I think that really broke some timidity in me of, well, I think mm. also a part of that, the woman that led that trip, I remember her talking about how deathly afraid she was of airplanes. Oh, but she just yeah. kind of had this conversation of like, hey, this is what God asked me to do. And so 
fear is present and I acknowledge that, but it doesn't get to write this story. And it's one of those things where I was like, if she can do this, I can do this. Like I can do this. And so I think it just really got me out of my comfort zone to be like, okay, I had a good experience with trying something way out of the box. So then to Mm -hmm. try again, to try again, felt good because I had a lot of what we call pure body memories of my body had a lot of experiences of risk being really good, like risk being good and not always being terrible. Yeah. Even though you're up there on your ginger chews, gagging it out. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you said yes to the brave thing. It wasn't ideal, but just kind of pushing yourself. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right. We're going to shift. We're going to go a little lighter before we go deep again here. You kind of, I think briefly mentioned it when you talked about fun and adventure, but for our listeners, um, little background for those of you that are new, Bridget Mm -hmm. was born and raised in upstate New York. Mm -hmm. And then she also spent time in college in New York in a smaller town. And then she moved to the Midwest city, small city in Ohio. And now here she is in Nashville. So my question is, what's the most Southern thing you have found yourself participating in, doing in, purchasing? What's your most Southern thing? That's, that's where I'm here at. Um, I've eaten more biscuits this year than I have my whole life. Rowena's gluten-free biscuits are the best in all of Tennessee. And I don't even have a number. Um, Didn't even know that I needed biscuits in my life. Um, And while- And we're just talking biscuits. What are we putting on these biscuits? We're putting gravy? Like that's really Southern or- Oh yeah, that's super Southern, but mm, bless it. It's not need to be part of my journey. Um, It's going to be butter and like good jam. Mm, Yeah. Like fruit jam, apple butter, just any of the jams. So good. And I think I had a stew the other night too, because I am a stew lover. Um, We disagree on this. Pain, very yeah. Pain, so I love pain is a stew. Me stew so is, much joy. Mm-hmm. So I had love that for you with, with stew the other day. All right, so gluten free biscuits. All right, from mm-hmm. Rowena. Yeah, I'm sticking with the South here for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so your hair. Let's talk about it. Let's do. Okay. <laughs> okay. So a transition you have had to make is. So, again, New York, Ohio even, we have a lot drier seasons. We do not have as much humidity. Yes, we experience it some, but not nearly to the level that you are experiencing here in the South. So let's talk about your hair. What are your tips and tricks for keeping your hair defined with curl, the volume, all the things when that Southern humidity just wants to... It just takes it right out of you. What are you learning about yourself and about your hair with Southern weather? Wow. I was not expecting that one, but that's a good one. Um, So I have really good hair. I feel some shame. Yeah, I know. But I have really good hair. Um, Own it. But I've never really had an issue with it until I moved here. And so it got Mm -hmm. flat really quick. And I also am a hippie, which we'll probably get into later. And so I don't like to use chemicals and I'll – I try to be as chemical yep. free as I can. Um, but let me tell you, my little like unicorn dust and vodka hairspray is not going to really hold anything to the Southern humidity. So I have a really toxic hairspray that I'm using right now. That's a, it's a, it's scent free, but they lied. They lied. It's disgusting. <laughs> I like taste it in my mouth and I'm like spilled mm. the shame of like, oh my gosh, I'm dying and I'm going to grow another ear or something like that because of the chemicals. I but that. I found that good hairspray and choosing the other things have to be a priority or staying inside. Like if I need to look good, then I need to stay inside. 
or I have to sacrifice okay. sunshine, yeah. sunshine or hair. You have to pick. Okay. It can't be both. Yeah. And – But I also don't have curly hair naturally, so I have no idea what that's like. So I'm just talking for straight-haired people. I don't know what curly hair – that's a whole different – Right. Model. Your experience, straight hair. So we're going with a toxic, stinky, unscented, but is – definitely has a scent. Um, that's what's keeping you through the days. And also just having to learn, like she said, like, you know, in Ohio, I can go for an hour walk and I can still show up somewhere. And my hair is for the most part. I mean, unless it's, there's a little bit of chance of rain. I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to look this way regardless, but that's not your story. You have to prioritize if you want to spend time in the outdoors or even running errands, you've got to shift your schedule around in order to create success for that hair. Okay. Because it matters. It matters. Um, my last kind of Southern question, I think, unless the conversation takes a turn. Okay. So the South, we have a different experience with driving in the South. First of all, the traffic in Nashville is a whole different thing than small town Ohio, Mm -hmm. but not only the traffic, I want to talk a little bit about that for sure. And how you've created success in navigating that. But I also want to talk about parking and just how you've navigated the newness and the changes with the larger city. It doesn't specifically have to be the South. It can just be any larger city, but of course Nashville is. So walk us through that. That's been a really huge transition. So what are you doing with that transition? How do you feel about it? And how are you creating success? I will answer your question, but first I have a question for you. What is your South experience? Not good. My my South experience you know, of driving? South, yeah. I've only ever heard you um, talk about Dallas. Oh, okay. So, well, I've been married for 17 years. Yeah. So the majority of my driving experiences, when we go out of town, usually my husband drives. And yep. so I don't have as many, I would say, gotcha, as gotcha, you do. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Florida. Florida is probably my most Southern driving. And usually we just are in like a smaller town. We pick a little beach town and I might just run to the gas station or the Walmart or something like that. So I don't have a lot of experience in out of town driving, except for on some of our little jaunts that we've Mm -hmm. gone on. And my experience is showing up late, flooded with um, guilt for not knowing where we're going or how to do it. But in the end, I'm kind of that personality that goes, "Mm, oh, well. So yeah. Okay. So I hate driving. It's not, I will gladly, gladly give my car keys to most any human. I mean, they're definitely, you're a shotgun driver. Oh, a thousand percent, thousand percent. Um, Mm -hmm. once in a while, if I'm like, I just need to go clear my head. It does feel good to drive in the evening. I'll just go for a little drive. Like that feels good to me. Mm. Um, but if I can get out of driving, I definitely will. It's a grown up responsibility that I have to do, but not my favorite. Um, Lord bless it with a man. Amen. Um, but (laughs) so I had, yeah, I grew up in a really small farm town. I mean, like small town talking about like I graduated high school with 28 students, like that level of small town. Then went to college down by New York city, which is where I did a lot of my city driving. Um, and I remember literally in the beginning, I had a church that I interned at on the other side of the Tappan Zee bridge. For those of you that are near New York City, you know what that is. And I remember the first month that I drove over that bridge every day, back and forth, I would say, 
Spirit of the living God, I trust you. Spirit of the living God, I need you. Spirit of the living God, I trust you. <laughs> like over and back. Because it just felt, it was so not, I didn't have a, like it was yeah. not part of my culture at all. Um, so yeah, I'm really sure. grateful that I that I had that experience. Um, and then when I lived in Ohio, obviously that was a really small town. So that wasn't taking me a lot of places. But I did a lot of travel, either flying, like I flew to California a couple times right. and had rental cars yeah. and had to figure that out. So that was a different experience or um, driving and exploring like down to Tennessee or, you know, different places around. So I had some experience with that, but I share this story on, which I will try to remember to link the podcast episode that I did on the Connection Codes podcast with Dr. Glenn and Phyllis about the panic attack that I had in the parking garage when I first got to Nashville. I um, had gone to a concert and invited a very new friend, like only had met her a week or two before. And I'm mm -hmm. in the parking garage and I'm like, oh no, I can't get out of the car. Like I cannot yeah. get out of the car. And so I'm like, what mm -hmm. do I do? So I call you and I'm like, please yep. help. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure what to do. I feel a lot of shame. Like she's going to think I'm nuts. Like I've literally only made her a week ago, but I'm like trying to be really kind to my body. And like, this is new and like everything is new. And that at that point I was, I think I only lived here for like three weeks. Like everything was so flooding because everything was so new. Yeah. So much new. Um, and so I share that story kind of more in, in depth on that podcast, but that was it. It was a great, my friend partnered with me really well. It established a lot of safety for us in our friendship. Um, and then I just had to get really brave of like asking for what I needed. Mm -hmm. So like, I just found that for me, meeting someone for a first time in any setting, like I'm not going to want that to be at 630 on Broadway by myself. Like, I just know that's not yeah. going to be for me um, to get more experiences when I had business meetings or things like that. People that I was meeting with, I'd be like, hey, like if we're going to park in a parking garage, will you will you wait for me? Will you walk in the building with me? I'll get there earlier, however you need me to do that. Um, and it definitely felt really stupid because I'm like, you're a grown up, right? The narrative in my head is like, you're a grown up. This is just, yeah, sure. you should be able to know how to do this. And for people that grew up in a different cultural s setting, this was not, this was normal. Kids learned how to drive in this. I literally had that thought the other day when I was in the car and I'm like, oh, it'd be really cool. You know, who knows where my life will go, but. Um, right if it's in the context of here, which, you know, that's my dream is to be able to raise kids here is like, oh, like this will just be normal to them. Like that won't even, that won't even cross their mind of this is, this is weird to drive in something like this. But it is really cool now that in my driving experiences, like I feel really good. I feel really safe in my body. There's still all certain times where things pop up. Um, I think part of that too was I've had some traumatic experiences with experiencing violence outside of cars um, mm -hmm. that again, that didn't really get triggered until I was back in a city setting. Um, and so my body remembers, my body remembers a moment at five yeah, years sure. old. My body reminder remembers a moment at 18 years old and at 25 years old where I was in a vehicle and I felt really unsafe and I also wasn't in, in control. So that's something that I've even processed through with my counselor as like, Hey, what can we do for you to be in control in something that's felt really out of control? Um, so it's, a good experience now. Um, yeah. but, and it's really cool. I, I met a friend who also had that fear. And so it was really cool. The first time we met each other, she was just like, Hey, she called me. She's like, I'm getting ready to park right now. And I feel a little flooded, not really sure what to do. Will you stay on the phone with me? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'd love to. So it's even cool. Like being able yeah. to share that story, how that has created safety for other people, which I think is what 
I know we're talking about driving, but it can be anything for you. Like whatever it is in your life where you go, hey, this feels really stupid. As a grown up, I should just get over this. Like number one, the more you can bring compassion to that area, the more you can invite people in and the more you can share that story. Like you can create spaces that feel like a like I'm thinking like a breakthrough space of like, okay, it used to be a really huge area of pain for me. And it still is painful sometimes. I'm not going to say that it's not. Um, I would say there's right. like a low level of like, I would much rather have someone drive all the time. Um, but there are places yeah, where sure. I enjoy it. There's a spot when you, um, I'm a little further out from like downtown. And so when I, there's a spot when I drive and when I, I literally feel tears like 99% of the time of like just flooded with gratitude to be here that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I love this city. I love this place. I feel so good where I think now my body actually is processing more joy than fear, but I needed to start with processing the fear. Cause I was there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so just for people listening, I mean, it, it was a new experience, right? You didn't have a lot of experience around mm-hmm. heavy traffic and parking and parking garages and what that feels like as um, a single person and showing up and meeting not only, I mean, new people, like you mentioned, you'd really only met this person a few times. And so it's really vulnerable to have to ask someone that you're trying to build a new friendship and connection with to say, yeah. wow, I'm feeling really flooded right now. I have a lot of fear how can I partner, you know, like I need partnership here because I just, this doesn't feel safe and all those kinds of things. And because it was a new experience, but your old experiences said unsafe and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I definitely, um, like you said, you know, you called me in those moments, but I think it's good just when we're in new territory to, like you said, honor the fact that you're feeling fear Mm -hmm. or you're feeling, maybe you're feeling anger or some shame and guilt that you have to like show up in a way as an adult and be really vulnerable. So, uh, I definitely thought that was just like a really good part of the story this year is how you've grown because now you do feel joy and you just know, Mm -hmm. Oh, these are the things that help set me up for success and create safety around these experiences. And so that's what I'm going to do. And Mm -hmm. like you mentioned earlier, just kind of going into these relationships and friendships with, this is the vulnerability. This is what I need. And this is what helps, you know, feel good. So yeah, I love Can that. Can I add one more thing um, to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm thinking about like this, I feel like this is a conversation I have with a lot of people. So, um, can we talk about my internet? I'm going to talk about internet and it's driving. It's kind of all of the above. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I have had yeah. lots of painful, my internet has been really stupid and I don't know how to fix it. And again, I'm not a tech person, so I can do the talking part with this tech part. I have support and I have friends that are helping on the other side of this because there would be no podcasts without my editor and without the support of friends that have helped me yeah. do graphics and things like that. Um, so when I, I started having like a lot of problems where like I had people that were in a podcast that I had to cancel it or like it didn't work or it, all these things. And so I had someone recommend getting an ethernet cable. And so if you are a tech person, let me say this first. Also, if you are a tech person on the other side of this and you have some ideas of how to help me, please reach out because I am welcome. Send send an email. Let's go. Yes. Email, DM, what are you going to do? But anyway, so I bought a hundred foot ethernet cable at first, mm. because I just was so flooded. I was like, I can never have problems ever again. And I don't know how, right. You could probably wrap 
the ethernet cable around my apartment a couple times at a hundred feet. Um, and so, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I just kind of thought about that was a funny moment, but thinking about needs, cause that's really what we're talking about with the parking yeah. thing. Yeah, absolutely. Needs for safety is at first you might go too big, right? Like I went way over, I think a 15 feet is fine. I think probably sufficient, I but I think at this point, I think it's like nine feet that I actually need, but I'm like, okay, I just want a little bit of room. So I returned it, but I've been giggling about that because I think that's so important when you're learning to establish having like showing up really bravely with needs in relationships is at first you might get really big and it might be really awkward. And so it's like some of my boundaries are even around things like parking. They've gotten way like the fence that I've needed to feel safe has gotten way more thin <laughs> and even yeah. have been able to open it in places that I wouldn't have. But I'm really glad that I didn't force myself and just be like, nope, you have to be like, you'd have to just feel comfortable being unsafe um, because I've been able to flex those boundaries differently. So now like there are places where I go, okay, great. There are certain events and activities where I feel super great. I even feel super great doing it in the dark by myself. Like I'm like, okay, great. I will go there. I will meet you. That feels good now because I'm familiar with, with the context. And there are other places. Yeah. I Even last night I texted a friend, my, my um, panic attack garage friend, because um, yeah. we're getting ready to go to a concert. And so I said, hey, I was like, I need partnership on parking because this is a new venue for me and I haven't been there before. Um, and I don't want to do the parking part by myself. And so – having that space with the whole needs thing is it's okay if, if you're learning at first, they feel like really big and a little over the top, the more you can lean into love and compassion for yourself and that you can have a community of people that will lean into love and compassion with you. You may not have to go as big next time you can go. Actually, I'm safe with this much. I don't, I don't need to rock the boat as much in this area. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's definitely key is just having honesty, not only with yourself, but for the people that you're connecting with around you. Yeah. Um, okay. One of my last deep dive questions, at least for a little while is, so we've talked about how you don't have family there. You certainly over this year, you've made connections, you've, you've deepened yeah. friendships and things of that nature, but you are single. So how do you, um, this is kind of a two-part question. Like, how do you yeah. reach out for connections? You, you know, you've texted some of your friends, you've texted people you know, and they're like, no, I'm busy, or no, that plan doesn't work, or no, I can't meet up this weekend. Yeah. But you are really desiring connection, and you're really desiring to just be around people. So what do you do to create connection when the small circle that you know there right now is just, like, not available? Um mm -hmm. What do you do? How, how do you meet that need when the answer is no? Do you just go, okay, well, the answer is just no, and I'm just not going to get that connection. I'm not going to have that people moment or, you know, how do you make that work? Um, I think for me, it started with addressing the belief that my life is worth sharing because when it felt like I was being a really big inconvenience to ask for mm. connection or to ask in a family setting or whatever to be like, oh, I'm just the extra or the add-on or like it's an inconvenience for them to make space for me. I didn't 
like it definitely was not going to drive my desire to connect. And yeah. so yeah, I think I've had to do a lot of heart. I've had to do a lot of hard work on that of like that's phrasing specifically, like my life is worth sharing. Um, and so for me, I think when I first got here, I mean, like I said, I knew, I, I only knew one person for more than five days. Like I had, I had come here earlier to like check out an apartment and things like that. Of like, okay, I'm going to move to the city. Probably should look at it. Um, but I only got to meet those friends for a couple of days. And then that was it. That was the extent of my history with all the right, thousands yeah. of people that live here. Correct. Um, so in the beginning, it looked like two of those women I reached out to and I was like, Hey, I need to know that I'm going to be hugged in the next two weeks. Like I'm a very high physical touch person. And so that felt really Correct. lonely and very scary to me. And so I was like, no, I need to know that there are humans around that I can just say, Hey, I'm going to need you to hug me. And so that was really helpful, like really practically the first month. Um, asking, right. Asking, I think having the conversations with, I had one friend that, um, has several children. And so there was a little bit of guilt of like, Oh, me asking for your time feels like a higher cost than me asking for a single friend's Mm. time. And so one of the conversations we just had was, Hey, I just want you to know that I feel comfortable because there was a lot of no's on her part. And she felt shame about that of like, well, I feel, you know, I feel some shame that like, because of what I have going on in my life and taking care of the kids in my job that like, there's going to be a lot of times, but I'm glad that you're asking. And so I said, okay, I said, I just want to like clear the air. I feel okay asking you, even if the majority of the time you have to say no, as long as you're okay with me asking a lot, like asking frequently. And she was like, yeah, great. So I think being really, really honest about what you need about what's happening for you and to process that because you do want to know and it does create safety to say hey I have fear that I'm too much I I have fear that I've asked for too much of your time Um, I have fear that because of that you think that I'm needy or whiny or too emotional or whatever it is like just say them out loud um, yeah. because you want you want to know how people are going to respond to you. And it's going to, it's going to happen. Like you're going to get one of three responses. You're going to get a nasty response and you don't want to be friends with those people anyway. Correct. Like, you don't, you don't want to date them. Yeah. You don't and you'd rather, you'd them. rather learn, learn that sooner rather than later. Like, let's just learn that up front. So we know like, okay, this is probably yep. not a connection I want to continue to pursue. Yep. So that's one option. Which is painful, but it's good. You want to know that. Yeah. Um, number two, they're like, oh my gosh, I hear you. That's not been my experience at all. I'm so glad that you want to connect. Or the third option, um, which there's going to be a little bit of like wiggle room on both sides is to say, yeah, I do feel some guilt. The level of connection that you're asking for, I don't have that to give you. But I yeah. do want to I do want to build connection like this, right? So for right. you to say, hey, I'm looking, and this can be, I don't, this has shown up a little differently as a single person, but this is not a single person thing. This is a human right. thing. Absolutely not. A human, um, yeah, absolutely. And so if, let's say you're like, hey, you know, I really would love to have once a week where I get together. I have, I'm not, I haven't done this yet, but I'm 
admire this a lot. There are some single women that I know they get together once a week and they do meal prep together. So their meal prep has oh, community. Cool. I'm like, that's a really yeah. great idea. Um, but let's say you're a couple and you're like, hey, we're looking for a couple that we can maybe it is a book study or rival study. Maybe it's just a like, hey, we're looking for a couple that will go to the park with us on Thursday evenings and let our kids run around and just have some Play pickleball. Love that. Um, Pickleball. I loved it, but it nearly killed me, but I want to keep doing it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, All right. And so I think there's that too. And that's where you're really going to have to push into some narrative work um, this is where a coach or a counselor is really helpful, or even just another friend mm-hmm. that's committed to the growth journey is to say, Hey, like, I'll just use us for example. Like, let's say, yeah. Hey, I asked Julie if, um, well, let's talk about, let's talk real. Right. So I asked you yeah. today to record the podcast. Yep. Um, and we knew that just because of what we both had going on outside of this yes today, that it was a, I will give you my yes, unless these things happen and these things have to take priority. So that's really vulnerable to say, right? Because if, if I didn't know that information and then five minutes before the podcast, you go, Oh, sorry, can't make it. I would feel really hurt Mm, to go. Yeah. didn't communicate that with me compared to me saying, and today was fine because I had flexibility in my schedule, but there are times when in our friendship you've communicated, Hey, I only have this space to give you. If that space doesn't work, then we have to do it different. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that whole thing about like the reoccurring thing truly is like we have to show up and be our most honest and vulnerable self because that yeah. is what works and creates the most success and safety is just showing up, you know, like to show up and just say, um, yeah, I have space, you know, like I mentioned, I've been married for 17 years, right? So I have a husband. I also have four small kids or they're less small than they were high school and middle school age now, but to say like, love to try to create space, but yeah, this is, this is the window I have because for my body to have success, I need to do this later today. And I've got this before that. So just being really authentic and being honest is kind of the thing that is continuing to like reoccur in this, especially in new situations and building a relationship is Mm -hmm. just being upfront. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. Before we run out of time, I definitely want to get some fun, fall fun, hot takes. Are you ready for them? Yep. Love it. Okay. So apple picking pumpkin patch, both. Well, my first thing is I like the outfit that I get to wear to those experiences <laughs> more than caring if I leave with an actual apple or pumpkin. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's but I would 100% say in that true. experience, I probably would want to go pick, get a leave with a pumpkin. But for okay, me, the, the atmosphere and the outfit mean more than where we're at. Absolutely it does. Um, it yeah. means you get to do something cute and wear some kind of like cute shacket flannel Amen. something. Although some of that is lacking in the South. You know, what you've been able to experience in the South is not necessarily the same as Ohio because we get this cool, crisp air and y'all haven't gotten that. And so, I mean, just prepare yourself, right? Because you may There's not get shirts. Ooh, flannel shirts. Okay, love that. But we'll try it. We'll see. Love that. 
Um, apple cider. It's you're all in. Absolutely. Yes. Give me it in the little pumpkin juice container or no, I want it served hot or sick. No, I'm out for both. Pumpkin juice container. Yeah. You know, like when you go to the little pumpkin patch and then they sell these like little apple cider things and it's shaped in a pumpkin. It's like a little juice box kind of container. It's like $8. And so if you have four kids, you spent 35 bucks on some apple cider juice thing and a pumpkin and then bees swarm you. And it's, you know, it's quite an experience, something I'm really familiar with. So are you going hot, cold? I I have been robbed of that experience. So feel sad about that. I want, I would drink apple cider in a pumpkin. Um, again, it's about the experience. Right. Mm, yeah. Right. Same, same with gifts. I care about the bag more than I care about the gift. Um, oh, yeah, so you do. I, but I do prefer cold cider. Like I okay, want iced cold cider, cider compared to hot cider. Hot mm. cider. It is a funny texture. It's like tea that has right. There's like grit in it or something. Some kind of mm. we're gnawing on something in that. Yeah. No. Nah, cold cider all the way. Yeah, I think I'm out for both. To be honest. Um. I mean, yeah, I don't need it. Um, Pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice, all the things. Pumpkin spice, hate it, or just leave it for coffee. Where where, where are we drawing the line on pumpkin spice? Um, I saw that a makeup company created a pumpkin spice lip gloss, and that was too far. Yeah, that feels – we don't don't need that. that. No. Um, Maybe a cupcake. With some good, okay. like, well, dairy-free, Ooh, but yes. cream cheese. Dairy-free, gluten-free. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. That would be amazing. Maybe, oh, maybe okay. I can get that at my favorite bakery here. That'd be amazing. Um, And so definitely a coffee person, but I have definitely have become a coffee snob-ish. Coffee snob-ish. Because I Ish, will still Right, because the selection is greater. Yeah. But if I'm going to go out and pay an arm and a leg for coffee – I don't want it to be artificial syrup. Like that's gross. So I have, I wouldn't say I had a gross experience with a (laughs) pumpkin spice so far. And then I had a, eh, okay. So I'm still ready to try it, but I haven't found one yet. That's like, here's my go-to place to get a pumpkin spice. I will report back. Okay. All right. Perfect. Um, As somebody who's born and raised and lived my whole life in the Midwest, I am fully aware that this may only exist here. So hay rides, corn mazes, are you are you doing it? Is that like a thing in the South? Um, how do you feel about it? Um, I mean, I, I kind of know how I feel about corn, how you feel about corn mazes as you I have love experienced corn, corn maze. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I hmm. love it. I, I don't feel like It was that... your children that didn't love it. The children really? did not I match feel... my excitement. I feel like midway you were like, we were really struggling with the map and the twists and the turns. And just so everybody knows, like small town around here, people, these farmers, shout out to you. You get hardcore into the design of like a massive football field. I mean, you we're not talking like a little mouse find the cheese. We are talking very intricate, very detailed. And my memory is serving not only were my children done, but Bridget was like, forget this map. Get me out of here. Ugh, on to the next. Mm, not, not your, we're not matching that I memory. I have no memory of that. Ooh, I mean, goodness. I remember me being, it's pro- I mean, it probably was around a, a meal time. So I probably uh, wasn't as kind. Yeah. But no, I liked it. I, like I have fond memories. At least those are the only memories that I remember. Like I have fond memories of the maze and I'd go back. 
Okay. All right. So if you have an opportunity doing that and we're jumping on a hayride, you're here for it or ooh, not here for a hayride dirty. Um, feels a little itchy. <laughs> yes. Same, same. Um, I don't, I'm assume that there's a lot of good experiences here. I don't know yet because right. I, okay. Yeah, this morning I don't was know the either. first time this morning was the first time that I actually looked up like fall festivals. Okay. That are not just here, that are around. So I'm going to have to like ask around and see what the vibe is here. But um, yeah, I'm for for that. Okay, you're for it. So there's your hot takes on the fall fun. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm going to probably skip out on the corn maze situation. I just, mm, no, I don't need it. Although our family did find a small little farm where we can go, you can grab a pumpkin, you can pick fresh sunflowers. But here's the thing. I mean, with four sons, they don't care about pumpkins anymore, and they surely do not care about sunflowers. However, they have homemade donuts, and you have fall favorites. Apple cider. There's yeah. like an apple cider slushy with an apple cider donut and like ice cream on the side of it. I mean, who doesn't want that at 9 a.m.? 100%. So I think our fall festivities will be indulging in the fall donut favorites and those little drinks at this little makeshift that, that is i'm going to try so i haven't had a cider donut in years because i've been gluten-free for mm. a long time yeah and again small town versus big town so right i'm gonna try to find gluten-free oh my gosh with this oh, cinnamon sugar on top mm, so much joy so that Ooh, brings me a lot love of joy. It. with yeah a latte a lot like there's a normal like that i wouldn't mix i couldn't do a pumpkin spice no, latte. In no. i would do a regular latte or even just a regular yes. coffee with some coconut milk and yeah some donuts. Plural. Yeah. We can't be mixing the flavors, the two sweets. No, that's going too far. I hear you on that. Um, as we kind of wrap up, so here we are in a podcast. Why was this the right time to say mm -hmm. yes to recover your life podcast? Um, why is now this, this moment and what makes it right for this season? Um, yes. Uh, I wish I had I wish I had clear answers for that. I think yeah. a couple years ago, I mean, at this point, it's probably been goodness. Three, four, three, four years ago. Three, four, yeah. Maybe. Um, I felt like I got this phrase from the Lord that was called obey on the breath. And I've talked oh, about yes. that in different, different mm -hmm. formats. But it was this idea of like to be so close in friendship with God that you mm -hmm. feel – like when he goes to say something, you actually can feel the warmth of his breath before he's even said anything. And like, I wanted to learn to say yes then of like, oh, mm. he's going to say something fun. That's so good. Or yeah. he's like, whatever he says, it's going to be an invitation, even if it's hard. Anything, anything he's going to say is going to say an invitation. Like, I want to say yes to that invitation before he even gets his words out of his mouth, which is part of me being type A and wanting to be like, let's do everything fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but the other part of that is just to like trust in my friendship with god that um i wanted to just, i just wanted to say yes i wanted to know that i trusted his character before then so i think it's been like three i mean we've talked about recover your life well it's never been called recover your life we've talked about yeah. what would it look like for me to be in a setting where i was podcasting where i was traveling and teaching where i was writing um, where I was working with people one-on-one, -on -one. like we've talked about that for probably a decade in some yeah, form yeah. or another. And it's just always been a dream that I've kind of put on the shelf and I've participated in aspects of that dream in different ways, in different jobs and things like that. But 
there was this grace that I felt because I mean, I really wanted, I mean, the podcast, when did we launch the podcast? Uh, July 31st, August. July, July, July 31st, 31st, August 1st ish. Yeah. Cause it was the last day of my fast. And yes. so, yes. um, and so I wanted the podcast to come out last January. That's like my right. timeline. I wanted it to right. be like fully functioning last January. And that just didn't work because every time I went to yeah. go, there was just this like, nope, not right, not right, not right. Right, right. And yeah. so now being able to say, I just felt like there was grace for it to to share, to process. And, you know, we talk about, you know, our three well, even that, like that just felt kind of so big was how the heck do I pick something? Like, I like a lot of things. I like to teach a lot of things. Um, yeah. What do I name it? What do I call it? What do I do? Like, is it a podcast? Is it like how fancy does that have to be or all the things? So um, I kind of went back to like, who is the person that I want to be? in every season for the rest of my life. And that was a person who grieves well. Mm-hmm. Talk about being a gold medal griever, right? Like, I wanna be known for that. Like, yeah, just to be a safe person where like, I've really honored my life really well. And that everybody, regardless of what context they're in, whether they're like, a, a memory that's coming to mind is I had a young mama that I was on an airplane sometime this year who had tons of like, the plane not settling what do you call that Park. like turbulence or no, like when it parks on a plane lands lands <laughs> landing okay so the plane's landing here yeah, we here. are the plane's and the landing. she it's descending oh love that there, it there is. we go right so she had just had like dental surgery so she was in a lot of pain oh, her baby's pain. her baby's nursing baby's fussy baby's not feeling great with this whole situation she has a lot of anxiety around planes mm. and so she's just like can i hold your hand and i was like absolutely you can and so i just held this stranger's hand and i just like sat with her and talked with her and just kind of processed with her as we were going and she just kind of closed her eyes and so like i want to be a person that's really safe to group whether you're on an airplane like that or whether it's a client that i sit with or a, a guest that i have on the podcast like that is who, which is why I go deep so fast because I'm just like, okay, well, there's not a lot of people holding space for this. So I'll hold space for this. Um, mm-hmm. Resting of what does that look like to be a person of rest, not just to have a practice of rest or a practice of Sabbath, but to be a person of rest. Um, and then loving, like what does loving well actually mean? Because I feel like my life narrative had that really twisted of loving well meant me getting smaller or me abandoning what was actually authentic to me Mm. to submit myself to be humble to prefer someone um and I just found that real love doesn't do that like love love honors and love creates space and love sacrifices um but love doesn't make people small and so for me, those were like, okay, like I'm going to do that. Whether or not people listen to the podcast or whether or not people show up to hear me teach somewhere or whatever, like I'm going to be this Bridget regardless for the rest of my life. This is who I've committed to being. And so if there's people that want to join that, great. Um, And I think that's probably why the why now was, I mean, we love hearing topics. Like that is something that I, I love getting your feedback of 
if you have, even whether you've just heard stuff on the other parts of the podcast or hearing things today where you're like, oh, I'd love to hear you talk more about that. I do want your input on that. Yeah. And at the same yeah, absolutely. time, I had to make that shift of like, I'm not creating something to be consumed. Like I'm just sharing who I am. And if people show up to that and benefit yep. to that, great. But um, I can't not do it anymore. I think, I think maybe that's it. That's kind of the circle around. It went from like, this is something I hope to do one someday. And it wasn't like, yes, there was fear in it, but it wasn't me being afraid of it, if that makes sense. Like it, I, I didn't say no because I was scared. I said no because the no in that space was the most honoring thing. Mm. But then I felt it. I felt the grace lift to go, No's, no is no longer the honoring answer to this. Like I, I have to say yes because it would – it would not be me saying no any further would violate me. And that's not the type of person I want to be. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So this is, this has been the right season because this is where you have the grace for it and you can no longer, I just, as I've listened to the different episodes and things like that, and even process behind the scenes with you, just, it's really clear that you can no longer keep it in. This is the time for this to come out. And so I love that. And I just think most people creating anything, whether it be a YouTube channel, a podcast, creating any kind of platform, when you have that calling to create something, Mm -hmm. you got to get it out. It's just, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I love that. And I still feel like I'm figuring that part out too, because there still are days where I have language of like, I don't know, like, I know this needs to come out of me somehow, but I don't know mm-hmm. what that's like yet. And so there are a lot of things right. in the process too, where I go, is this the podcast episode? Is this a book that I write? Is this a blog that I write? Is this a sermon that I preach? Yeah. I'm not really sure. Is this a conversation I have with my friend over coffee? Like, uh, is this something I write in my journal? I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, which I think is just part of the process as, as well, where you, you start to figure out where are the places that have movement, even if mm-hmm. they're not successful in right. Like I think about, you know, a lot of authors talk about their first books that didn't sell the way they thought they were going to sell or like, you know, through pandemic people that were traveling artists, whether musicians or whatever, um, or whatever that is. I mean, that could be a teacher that could be a, you know, new business owner, right? Like all the things yeah. of, oh, yeah. wait, um, this was not the right, this was not the right time. Right. But yeah, yeah, the person in that seat needed to know, like, I needed to still say yes to this, even if it flopped. Yeah. Like yeah, it's sad absolutely. that it flopped and sad that it wasn't successful in what the world would say successful, whether that's, you know, monetarily or people that showed up or listeners or whatever that is. But you know, in your knower of, I can't keep this inside anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I think it's great. And I'm excited to see where Recover Your Life goes because I think and hope it has a really long journey. So we're excited. Um, Hopefully for everyone that has been listening or watching, it's been fun to get to know Bridget a little bit. And I hope we can do more of these as we go. I just think, you know, if there's more questions or people are like, oh, I want to have a little bit more of a deep dive into that. Yeah. Love to hear feedback and things of that nature. Also, as I've been watching you, I mean, are we wearing the same shirt today? Do you have on your target shirt or is that the old Navy shirt? Cause mine's the black. It's like ribbed. And it's got like a little pinch on the waist. Mine's not no. ribbed. I think this is. Oh, mine's ribbed. 
Yeah, mine's not ribbed. I think mine's We shop a lot together, so it's often that I'm all of a sudden like staring back at you like, wait, is this one of our matching shirts? Mine's the Target one. Actually, now that I think about it, you have this one or you have this in orange, like a burnt orangey color. Yes, but I think this afternoon I'm going to go try to buy it in white because I had it in white and it was kind of gross. And so I definitely need a white one. So maybe I'm sad I can't make a Target run with you if that's some sadness, but. I know. Feel it, feel it. Well, we can always FaceTime someday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) that's all we have for today. Bye guys. Thanks for hanging out with us and please love to answer any questions you have and see you next time on the Recover Your Life podcast.